first time recording in daylight, I reckon. Yeah. Do you think? I think it must be. Yeah, it's we usually don't... reserved for the weeknights. Yeah. Oh god, this does feel like a drinking in daylight kind yeah. of in grey daylight kind of yeah. album. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also, like I think because of the cram, the cramming vibe. Like, did we only decide on this yesterday or the day before? Yeah, maybe less than forty-eight hours. Yeah, ago, I, I think. think so. So we've had to really. It's been quite a punishing psychological couple of days. Like really yesterday, I, well, I was napping and listening to this really beautiful album that I really like at the moment. And what was the album? Um, the Bedouin album. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like sappy Joanna music, but it is really, really pretty. Mm. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm not really doing anything else, I don't really have an excuse. Like I have to listen to this album for the pod. <laughs> and it was just so, so, so sad. Do you know what I did? I like, I like haven't bought anything for ages and I don't need to buy anything, but I did some like internet window shopping just to make myself feel a bit better, to give myself like a dopamine hit to combat the dopamine that was being taken from me. And you thought you'd get a secondhand CD of Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock. Yeah, I did see some actually. I guess this is one of the things we're going to talk about. In my research, this hasn't really been what I focused on, so I'm sure you'll have things to say, but like it was really critically acclaimed. Well, kinda. Yeah, it was by like obviously not by people that we would necessarily take super seriously, but but like by the by some mainstream press. Well, I've I've got some of that obviously in my yeah, little blurb. Yeah, bit. yeah. Um, hello everyone. Mm. This is the eighth episode Damn. of Disaster Pieces now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as you can hear, it's a bit of a crammy vibes. We kind of only decided this on a whim, but um, can empty I say flat, the stars aligned. Empty, empty flat, flat. Empty Saturday. Empty head. <laughs> April Fools. Yeah, God, uh, the, the joke is on us. The joke today. is so on us. <laughs> so we thought we'd make the most of it and record an episode. We're doing Kid Rock, Devil Without a Cause. Devil Without a Cause as well. Let's like break Devil down that title. So it's like Rebel Without a Cause, uh, but it's like he's a devil. This whole time, I've been like, it's obviously a reference to something, but I can't put my finger on what. Yeah, I think in one of the songs he says like, I don't fuck with James Dean as well. Right. There's some references in there. There's not that many. Most <laughs> most of it is about drugs and drugs and women. Yeah, one thing culture. he loves, one thing he hates. I would say. Yeah. Do you want to kick things off with the blurb? I think because sure. I think the the final bit of the blurb will kick start the chat that we were just okay, having okay, before. Okay, okay, cool. Disaster Pieces episode eight: Kid Rock, Devil Without a Cause, 1998. Our, our birth. year of our birth. Yeah. Devil Without a Cause is the fourth studio album by American singer songwriter and rapper Kid Rock. Released on the 18th of August 1998, the album saw Kid Rock move away from the hip-hop sound of his previous albums to a largely rap rock and new metal sound, and marked the crystallisation of his stage persona as a redneck pimp. <laughs> redneck pimp is that was a really, that was a, That was a tough sentence. Yeah, okay. yeah. In addition to the newly written songs, Kid Rock also re-recorded some of his older songs, including I Am The Bulldog. It's I Am The Bull God. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, The yeah. Bull God. And black chick white guy maybe something i forgot to write down is that so it's his fourth album but this is his first having signed to atlantic yeah yeah right yeah yeah so this is his first like major label, major label yeah. and this was the album that made him famous even though he'd been sort of kicking about for a good 10 years before this and it got him a grammy award as well <laughs> Wait, what um, for? for i think it was like best new artist no way yeah yeah Fuck. Ah, during the recording sessions, Eminem was mixing the Slim Shady LP at the same studio. So it's just Curse like it's vibes. just like Joni Mitchell and Crosby, Stills and Nash, and Carol King and Joan Baez. Yeah, it's hanging just out. like it's that. just like that. This is about Eminem um, being friends with Kid Rock. He was asked to provide a guest verse on Kid's song "Fuck Off." In a 1999 interview with Spin, Eminem told the interview that he did coke for the first and last time ever while writing and recording this verse having been put off by Kid being in full party mode while Playboy Playmates were passed out naked with coke on their nose. I did also write this down in case you hadn't got this. It's and so... he, was it, was it Eminem was like, yeah, I never fucked with that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's actually so funny. And he was like, he was like next true. to the mixing desk, there was just like bags of drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that not kind of what it was like? I'm sure it It doesn't was. surprise me that much. Like you pointed out, there's a song, um, Rovin, where it like cuts out for a good 10 and seconds. And it's just, it cuts just to like... <laughs> and there's also one of my one of the lines that really made me smile was they're gonna lock me up and snort away my key <laughs> <laughs> I thought that okay, was a real a, yeah. that was a nice touch 
I mean, it has unhinged on drugs vibes, and also he talks about drugs all the time, and like how much he's a legend for doing dr- like hard yeah, drugs. Yeah. And I guess just you know they had money. It was the late nineties. Like I feel like a lot a lot of recording artists were were at it. Wait, did Fleetwood Mac do loads of drugs in their recording rumors, or have I completely misremembered that? I don't know. What what band am I thinking about? The Beach Boys? The, the Beatles? Uh, well, no. they didn't do coke, though. I'm thinking about a band that just, like, were, like, locked in the studio, just caning. And, like, it's a really, it's a classic album, and, like, you wouldn't necessarily know or, like, think about it in that way. I mean, all that's coming to mind is, like, David Bowie's cocaine mm, years, but yeah. I don't think that's what you're It's not what about. I'm thinking of. If it, just, if it was Fleetwood Mac, it would, that would have a special resonance for this. Yeah. That's well, cool. they were banging each other. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If rock and roll and drugs were involved, as well as sex, it wouldn't be so crazy. I'm on Rolling Stone. Wow. Christy McVie described the Rumours recording sessions as drama, drama. <laughs> what the fuck? Mountains of cocaine. Okay, I haven't, oh, okay. I haven't oh, no, misremembered this. The it band considered in. thanking their coke dealer on the album credits. Right, okay, so yeah, you were bang on. Fleetwood famously worked out that if he'd laid all the cocaine he had ever snorted in a single line, it would stretch for seven miles. <laughs> the tales of excess are true, but we'd all be dead already if we weren't made of stronger stuff. Coke was less of pleasure, more of a necessity, helping combat fatigue during the grueling multi-hour sessions and torturous emotions. You felt so bad about what you, was happening that you did a line to cheer yourself up. Cocaine did such a major role in the production of Rumours that the band seriously considered thanking their dealer in the album credits. Gotcha. Okay, so like, yeah, so that that is what I was thinking of. And I mean, obviously I'm sure most of that will get cut, but... um, I don't think it will. It is interesting because... um, Because this is the Rumours of the 90s. The Rumours of the 90s. (laughs) And like, because of um, the Kid Rock's bizarre entanglement with Fleetwood Mac, which I feel like is a a deep dive that we need to dive Yeah, we'll get into into that for sure. Maybe he was just trying to emanate his idols. I mean, in the same way that Rumours has been hailed as like a great American 20th century classic, I feel like this, this is was a, too. an album of equal stature. So, sorry, back to Sid's uh, blurb. Yeah, that yeah. bit, I think, yeah. Um, Devil Without a Cause was a major commercial success, certified diamond with more than 14 million copies sold worldwide. Devil Without a Cause remains among the top 100 best ever selling albums in the United States. Yeah. What the hell? We're very much punching up. With this. Yeah, because I didn't think because <laughs> I didn't think that fourteen million sounded like that much. Uh, that is, is quite a lot because okay. I think and this is like physical copies as well. Mm-hmm. I think like the best selling ever in the states is like the Eagles' greatest hits, and that's got like thirty five million. Oh, okay, yeah, and that's the best ever. Right, it made it into the one thousand and one albums that you have to listen to before you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like a bit of a shocker, but I guess. Bear in mind as well that um, that Beatles musical album that we covered. Oh, yeah. Didn't they recall like four million Yeah, copies? they did. That's yeah. so many it's when you lot. think about yeah, it. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> the album was hardly covered by music publications, so the few reviewers the album did receive were largely positive. The Rolling Stone album guide gave the album four out of five stars, while Robert Christgau... This fucker this again. Fucker <laughs> again. <laughs> what was it that he said was good? Uh, Black Eyed Peas uh, as well. He's on record with they terrible taste. They were our ebullience or whatever. Uh, Remember that line? Oh, it God. reminds me of the Guardian film critic that like everyone distrusts. What's he called? What? Not Mark Hermo. No. Mark, oh, um... The, like, Peter Bradshaw? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. Everyone is like, he gave it two stars, it's probably good. <laughs> yeah. um, Robert Christgau gave the album an A-, writing, belatedly fulfilling the rap metal promise of license to ill, Kid Rock makes the competition sound clownish, limp, and corny, respectively, and Eminem cameo is a draw. Kid Rock is, and I quote, all of that at a bag of chips. Yeah, so I looked that up. What does Appar- it mean? Apparently that was like a, a bit of slang that was really in at that point in the 90s. Okay. So it's him trying to be like down with the kids, basically. If you Isn't want, he like an old dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, if you want like a full takedown of Robert Chris Gow, you can tune into episode three where we broke down like his top ten of all time. It had like three Rolling Stone albums <laughs> and stuff. The notable exception to this was Mark Richard Sands' review for Pitchfork, who awarded the album a 1.3 out of 10. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah Pitchfork back yeah, in the day yeah. being like, they were only two years old at this point. I mean, I'm proud of them because it really is really bad and like that makes me feel good. Yeah, What yeah. did they say? Have you read uh, it? It wasn't a very good review, I'll be oh, honest. Oh, really? Like, in the sense that like, he just spends the review going, 
this is shit. Why do people like this? This is shit. And quoting bits and being like, but isn't that what we do, you know? I guess that is what we do. But I, I mean, I would like to think that we sometimes say slightly more cogent things than that. <laughs> yeah. I tried to look for reviews. And in terms of like professional reviews at the time... That's not that There's many. There's basically none. I think there was like Yeah, but Rolling Stone total. and Pitchfork are quite high profile. Maybe yeah. Pitchfork wasn't so much at the time, but Robert Criscow... Rolling Stone was. Yeah. Um, I think Who the was album, Robert Criscow reviewing it for? Uh, Village Voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's high profile too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at the time, like, I guess... You know, there's no real internet. If you've got reviews from Rolling Stone and Village Voice, it's such a monoculture. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, who else do you need a review for? Pitchfork was being run out of like a basement. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and you can see it from the site actually. I, I kind of want to show you this because you might find it interesting at how like janky it looks. Oh, damn. Whoa, that's what Pitchfork looked like. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, it's quite a short review. Do you really need predictable pimping rhymes over whack-ass metal beats with third-tier grunge-derived choruses among your records? I ask you, is this what you're missing from your life? I mean, yeah. He, like, he's not a good like, question. I mean, he's not taking the review seriously, but it's a kid rock album. Like, why yeah. should he? You know what I mean? And, and, I mean, in terms of its, like, retrospective reviews, you won't get... Even Pitchfork now, and Pitchfork are way more sort of commercially minded now, even they, I don't think, would be praising kid rock. And what's no, no, no there's ball. nothing to praise though that's the thing like if you actually like music I was trying to think about like what in a purely musical sense it is that I don't like about it this is really like the trifecta of shit though because it's metal and country and white man rap mm -hmm. those really are like probably my three most hated genres I'd also say metal is in itself like a huge umbrella term yeah yeah but I, I guess what I mean is this like this is like specifically new metal yeah and I guess what I mean is like the genre like markers that it trades on mm, are mm. kind of broadly speaking those three it's so so of its time right yeah yeah like this for was, sure this is why it's such a commercially successful record as well because right. like it's really capitalizing on the new angry, metal wave yeah and also the like angry white man rap wave yeah also I, but i think a lot of the and we'll get into like the rapping and everything in a minute but i feel like the rap part of it is actually kind of a little bit outdated mm -hmm, and okay. i think that this is much more sydney's area of expertise than mine well i guess just the kind of rap that he's emulating was not in vogue by this point but that's because his audience is not people who listen to rap his audience no, is like white people. people who don't mm. know about rap he, he was bringing rap Mm -hmm. to white America. Like, this is pre-Eminem. Yeah, so yeah, So Eminem yeah. has not done that yet. And Eminem sure. will become the most commercially successful So what's the album ever. that was mixing Slim Shady LP? Like, is that his first? That was his first big one. And then right. he had an even bigger one the year okay. after. So at this point, Eminem is still pretty underground. Mm -hmm. Like, he was mates with Dr. Dre. Yeah. People knew who he was, but he hadn't had, like, massive, a massive commercial yeah, okay. breakout or anything. But he's also from Detroit. Yes. So that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, they yeah, like yeah. each other. Why don't we get into Kid Rock, the man? What oh, What is man, your... The I mean, myth, the legend. I, I, I mean, the album cover. I've not, we've not, I've not really <laughs> thought about it that much and we haven't talked about it, but... Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, if you haven't seen already, the album cover is like him. Is he smoking a cigar? Or am I just imagining No, that? it's a cigar or maybe it's a joint. Like, um, it's a chunky looking... Yeah, he's kind of like looking off camera. It's all like bathed in red light. And then there's like a neon sign behind him that just happens to say Kid Rock, which is really funny. Um, he's also got dreads. Do you know what my forbidden thought about it is? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a bad person for thinking this. Uh. I kind of think he looks like Fiona Apple in this picture. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Fiona Apple. Do you know what I mean? Don't though? do our bestie like that. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I was going to say he looks like Bruno Mars, but I think it's just the um, Oh, the hat. hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, is so forbidden. <laughs> I'm assuming that won't make the cut. He's, you're so cancelled for that. <laughs> so what was your experience with Kid Rock before we did this Not episode? Not very much. I knew that... What the fuck is the first one called? Bower de Bar. Bower de Bar. Yeah. Yeah, that was familiar to me. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know much about him really at all. He came into um, the public consciousness last year after ages of sort of just doing his own thing because he put out this like comically over the top right wing album and it's like just hitting all the kind of brain rock QAnon notes right. of like 
anti-mask, anti-vax, mm. back the blue, uh, you know, loving yeah. Donald Trump and just really? like so, so in. Because previously, politically, he's always described himself as a Republican, but he's been, in terms of his public statements anyway, you know, very much says that he loves black people and gay people and he's like pro-abortion you know, all stuff that you wouldn't... So he's, like, libertarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very much a libertarian. Yeah. I think he's self-described as a libertarian. Right. It's interesting because I don't think a right-wing person making music now would, like, be accepted in the mainstream. What, in the way that he was in 98? Yeah. Maybe that's just me being really ignorant and, like, in my own bubble, but I just don't know... Well, I, I would say this. I would say white America, there is an entire market, that especially yeah. up here in the UK we are so outside of and even yeah. like democrat america is kind of outside yeah, of yeah like, um, there's like i guess it's just swathes of like middle america that yeah like know. have you heard of morgan wallen for no. example he recently took up eight of the 10 billboard top 10 singles right um because his new album came out no one outside of like that the red half of america knows right. who he is but to the red half of america he is like the most famous person on but the planet. But is he being talked about in like Rolling Stone Pitchfork? Well, I only know about him through my job because no, I, sure. I get sent the like press releases. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, a major label person. He's like pop country. Being from the South is like integral to his personality. He also had a uh, fiasco. I'm going to generously call it fiasco in 2021 where there was like video of him using the M words like <laughs> someone... And that just, like, increased his sales and fame. So he got, like, provisionally, you know, quote-unquote cancelled. But not really. Like, he wasn't dropped from his label. But you can't get cancelled if, like, nobody knows about him who would care to cancel him. Well, also because he's backed by, like, the biggest label in the world. So then, like, a week later, he put out a rap country song with Lil Durk, who's, like, the big rapper. And then Lil Durk was like, I forgive him for this mistake, blah, blah, blah. And they right, like yeah, put okay. our song together. And it was like a Billboard number one hit. On but Twitter. I don't feel like that's what this was, who this is appealing to, or is it? No, but this won over that part of America. And, and also like the, the kind of frustrated Midwest teenage boy part of America. Yeah. Uh, and also because he kind of, you know, he, he toured with um, Run DMC right, in the yeah, mid-90s and was like... Like kind respectable. Of, yeah, and was like kind of friends with KRS-One and also was like friends with Eminem. So he had like kind of legit hip-hop cred. I and mean, then Eminem also, being legit is... Well, I mean, he kind of, he kind of what, like, yeah, you know, he yeah. was like Dr. Dre's protege. It's a shame, and, but it's true. Yeah, I, I mean, this is an Eminem hater podcast, sure, but yeah, well, he wasn't like Vanilla Ice. So Vanilla Ice was like completely separate to what was going on. What do you mean by that? Well, Vanilla Ice was like purely the product of commercial backing okay, yeah, yeah. and had no relationship An to any They cover like the scene. Yeah. He was like AstroTurf Dom, whereas Eminem was like, mates with right. other rappers and then Kid Rock was like a degree removed from yeah, that yeah okay yeah yeah um, in Detroit Detroit gets a few shout outs on the album well he's not actually from Detroit um, as well so this is the funny thing okay, he's yeah. actually from Romeo which is a uh, suburb of Detroit okay. I don't know did you read about his background no I didn't I didn't okay, actually that's amazing it's, it's so funny <laughs> so on this album he describes himself as like you know, there's literally a line where he's like, um, I'm not straight out of Compton, I'm straight out of a trailer. Yeah. Uh, and there's, and he just raps a lot about like, you know, him being like broke and down and out. He is the son of a car dealership mm. magnate. If you've seen pictures of this, shall I get pictures of like... Please. So it's literally like this villa that was valued at like over $3 million at the time. Um, he was very much born into money. Mm. Also, this is like this is in fucking Michigan. Like he's not even from the South. He's closer to Canada. He's than not from the, the South, South at all. No, yeah. no. One of my favourite rhymes is um gold links and minks and shrimp dinners on the bayou. Them's all the things that I ain't gonna buy you. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that so... really made me smile. But why is he talking about the bayou? Like I listened to this on a run today, like because I, I was like, I have to do some focus listening, and the only way that I'm gonna do that to this album is, is if I put it on when I'm running. That made me smile in Victoria Park today, I have to say. There's a couple of songs on here which I think are like possibly treading the t So Bad It's Good line insofar that they're really silly. 
There's such a fine line between genius and maniac, isn't it? Yeah, there? and most of this, but most of this isn't on that line because it's just kind of drivel. But some of the songs, I think, are kind of inspired yeah. in quite an unhinged way. <laughs> he also talks about Detroit a lot and being from Detroit. Yeah. It's not even like he's cultivating a fake Southern persona. It's just a like nonsensical reference. Well, he kind of is and he isn't. isn't yeah, he? sure. Because, because he can't straight up say, I'm from the South. No. Uh, because... It's, it's like verifiably untrue. Yeah, yeah. When you know that... Cowboy, all of this shit makes, makes, yeah, li yeah, makes exactly. little sense. And there's an argument to say as well that he's kind of an opportunist in terms of the stuff that he's capitalising on. <laughs> so, you know, he started with a rap career when rap was really hot. And then when new metal was coming in, then he did like a new metal album. And then after this, he pivots to just like straight country. My least hated, I guess, parts of the album were not, I like, Cowboy really is bad. And the other, what's the other one near the end with all of the auto-tuned voice, the slow, oh, the slow one. Oh, only God knows why. Yeah, that's that really, really, awful. really horrible. Apart from those, the just anything that was less heavy was, I, I minded much less. Like mm. the heavy ones are just like grueling. They're me. so samey, aren't That's they? That's really samey. They're really... Which is it? Fist of Rage is just so long. It's so long and it's like so, so, so boring. And yeah... Yeah, that run. Fist of Rage. And yeah, yeah, exactly. That that whole run. Yeah, I, got one for you. Somebody's, somebody's got, got Fist of Rage. rage. Uh, like just really, really... And then only God knows why it breaks that run of boringness because it's so terrible. But it's also... And it's also too long. Like yeah. almost every track is like at least 25% too long. Yeah, oh my God. Like that's a really strange thing about it and it's a long album. It's all over the place in terms of like what he, what he's trying to like draw off and I guess it is like this really like mixed bag of just him being opportunistic, I suppose. That's the one that has the I ain't straight out of Compton, I'm straight out of the trailer. Also, I paint his wife white. What does that mean? Oh, mate. That means like come on his wife. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh bless you Catholic moment <laughs> I really couldn't work out what it could possibly mean I, I like, thought about it <laughs> I didn't google it though I was like is it is it like a race thing <laughs> I don't understand also I can smell a pig from a mile away it is surely a cop thing yeah you know when you were reading the little blurb bit and it was like oh he's um, sorted out his southern white pimp so yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. well this song's kind of all about that like it, it it details him moving to Vegas the story of the song he gets like busted by the police for being a pimp in Vegas whatever so it is interesting how the American discourse around the police in terms of the mainstream well for white people mm. has changed so drastically that he in 98 is like I can smell a pig from a mile away and in another I think the opening song he's talking about like Fuck the crooked cops. But yeah, nowadays he's like super pro cop. So it's interesting to square uh, those like I can smell a pig from a mile away lines. I just opened my notes and I just wanted to shout out Cowboy for... Cowboy's the one that has locked me up and snort away my key on it. <laughs> and it also has the start and escort service for all the right reasons. Which is just like... A, what's, a, that? what's the a, implication a, of that? A baffling, a baffling <laughs> lyric. Like... What are the right reasons? Because Maybe, you believe, well, he's you, be you believe in yeah, you believe in women's like <laughs> bodily autonomy and like you believe in reproductive justice and like sex work is sex work is real work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Libertarian king. I yeah, think. I guess so. I'm just reading the devil that of course right up. I finally broke like an egg yolk. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the worst. So some of the lyrics on, on Devil of Course are so Rhyming bad. D with D, jail time. One of the bits that really gets me is when he's like, um, 
people claiming they know me, but they only know a portion. Like, so stupid. It's just so such a funnily specific uh, thing. What does he run that with? People Por- know me, but they only know a portion. Oh, ah, I'm in the red because my mind's distorting. People what claiming they mean? know me, but they only know a portion. Uh, and you know what? When he screams, I'm going platinum, he was uh, right. He did go that's platinum. That's on Devil Without a Cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, it's Devil Without a Cause, which is the title track, I guess. But yeah. it's like about the album. It's about like his own success. It's like his, his hype song for himself. Yeah. It's also got an iconic guest verse from uh, Joe C. Oh yeah, there's some really chaotic guest stuff going on on this album. Like really... Three foot nine with a ten foot dick. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> when I like found out that it was this guy with dwarfism, I kind of respected it a lot more. Yeah, I, but it's still like, like machismo. I guess so. The bit I liked about it was like how it lent into the kind of obscene nature of it. And, and that's so much this album is Kid Rock like pretending that he's hard and like yeah. disgusting or whatever. And then this verse is like actually gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked, like it was almost like pantomime at that point. You yeah. know what I mean? I am the bull god. Yeah. Which which comes up twice as yes, well. Yes, it does, of course. Yeah, yeah. We get a reprise at the end. <laughs> I My notes for this are just punishing and dull. Yeah, this had some absolutely shocking lyrics. Oh, the, the way he says, the way he says baby in the, in the Carhartt flannel and the dusty jeans. And he, he has to rush baby, so he goes like, baby. <laughs> do you know the bit I'm talking about? No, I don't think I do. Oh, hang on. Let me find that. Wait, where? Okay, start first verse. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, I need to go before. That made me fucking laugh. Wait, sorry, sorry, go back to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I swing low like a... Like a chimp. chimp. (laughs) It's like... Add that to the big list of, like, terrible similes. Yeah, yeah. I've written down all the, like, worst clangers. Add to the terrible similes, because I'm so greasy you can call me mud. What the hell? Mud Mud isn't isn't greasy. Mud isn't greasy. Definitely not. That was awful. Yeah, I wrote contender for the worst lyric on the album. And then you get the swing low like a chimp, like right after Mm. as well. Wow. I'm like a train, I roll hard, letting off much steam in the car. Roving gangster, he says, sample anything I like and never get sued. So, this was a funny line for two reasons. One is because Atlantic cleared like multiple samples for this. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, sure, you'll never get sued. That's because your major label is going out and like paying big dollar to clear these samples. And also because he literally did get sued for an unlicensed sample for this album. I'd love to hear uh, that. On Cowboy. So, so funny. Yeah. All that sample chat um, moves us perfectly onto wasting time. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really amazing and shocking. So it's like built off this um, secondhand news sample. Wait, sorry. It's probably one of my, f- my favourite funny moments on this whole album is the way that it goes from secondhand news into this. It's like bam, 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 bam. 
I'm a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's amazing. Like, it's one of the st- most stupid moments on the whole thing. When I was looking at the credits of this, it says Lindsay Buckingham on this track. That's just a writing credit because of the So song. I was freaked out that... No, for, no, for like a sp- on it. For a split second, I was freaked out that he was on it or that he'd, like, co-written the whole thing. But then um, I, f- I was searching to see if, like, they'd ever talked about it or he'd ever talked about it or whatever. And I found um, this clip from 2014 of Fleetwood Mac doing like a reunion concert in Detroit where Stevie Nicks dedicates Landslide to Kid Rock. Mm. And then towards the end of it, he like cut without her knowing that he's going to do it. He comes on stage and gives her like a cuddle from the back in yeah. a way that and at like- At first she's like flinching, like what the hell's it going really, on? It looks like she's kind of freaked out by it, yeah. And then, like, at the end, she turns around and gives him a hug and, like... It, anyway, it all kind he's of... He's just... He's kissing her on the cheek one too many times. It's creepy, so creepy, 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 creepy. I really don't like it. But then there's this article where she's... Ba- well, she's just, like, we've hung out with Kid Rock a lot since, like, 2001. And I joke that he's the, like, rock and roll t- <laughs> child that I never had. Like, if I'd had, ex- <laughs> if I'd had a son, it would be him. Yeah. Like, she seems to really like him. Yeah, that is damning, isn't it? That's why I said her taste coming into question. So bizarre. And I presume it's this that got him in with them in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, presumably they, they had to give permission for Yeah, the which, like, also, why? And they were like, yeah, this rocks. Why, why this. not, why? I'm a pimp, you can check my stats And roll in a Fleetwood, that's how I'm Mac I rock all the tracks, so the world knows I love all the girls, smack all the hoes Show love to those who come I'm a pimp. However, mm-hmm. this is kind of one of my favourites on the album. Yeah, uh, and I, I want, I, I mean, it's because it's silly. It's just yeah. like, so you, you just have to laugh. I also feel like on this track, Kid Rock is at his least heinous by the standards of the rest of the yeah. album, maybe. Yeah, but it's so funny. It's really, really funny. Kind of gospel y in the chorus. Yeah. I would yeah. say. The next in the track list is one that I do want to talk. Like, I feel like the ones Welcome to the after party, this. Welcome to the old school. This has some great lyrics. Yeah. The, <laughs> the couple after this is kind of forgettable as well, but this one, bang in the middle, is horrible. So it's like <laughs> five and a half minutes. Yeah. And it's like a two-parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is a proper like early eighties, late seventies, old school hip hop track. This one is really just awful from start to finish. Yeah, so so what the song is a definition of white rappers who hate rap culture is what Sid has written. Yeah, it's kind of weird how it's called old to the new school, except like all it is is Kid Rock just doing the exact same thing as the old style hip hop that he's sampling and, and pretending mm-hmm. to do. And then there's like this little break between the two parts where somebody like goes to him and goes like, Hey, turn this shit like Sugar Hill Gang stuff yeah. off. Put that and then wait, what does he say? Let's rock some of that fucking 1998 Kid Rock shit, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I also did note the Capricorn and Born. Is he even a Capricorn? My name's oh, Kid that, Rock, I'm a Capricorn. Oh, that's the opening line. And Detroit City is where My I was My name's born. Kid Rock, I'm a Capricorn. It's and so, Detroit so, so City naff. is where I was born. I, I mean, just want to check if he's actually a Capricorn. Uh, I presume so. Yeah, but... Detroit City is not where he was no, born. No, but that's the thing. It looks like he actually is a Capricorn. Well, he tells the truth about some things. Oh, th- this one has got some awful lyrics. I hate the bit where he's like, um, I became an MC when I uh, learned to talk. And then he goes, Oh, saying goo goo. Oh, Christ. And then the next line is, I got a lot of time to eat MCs, MCs like, like piranhas. piranhas. Ding, ding, ding. Another shit uh, simile. Then, he's got a lot of other baffling similes. Yeah, well, later in the song, he says, I'm out of sight like the planet Mars. <laughs> and my yeah, reaction is my, re- my reaction is like okay yes the, like from literally like from many him. other things are also out of sight <laughs> it's just like yeah you're, you're not wrong but like what does what? what does Mars rhyme with like why is he he must it must be t- to service like something else well that's why I mean so many of the lyrics on this album are like reverse engineered in terms mm, of the yeah, rhymes yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's gotta be another one and when uh, I set my sights, I shoot for stars. That's exactly. why. So, like, that's why it's. And it's got the kind of cosmic. Yeah, theme. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so shit. It's such yeah, a shit. Yeah, I have simile. got a few. I've got a few favorite lyrics from this one. Um, I don't like small cars or real big women, but somehow I always find myself in them. Fire. 
Fire, fire. Like, I just think that this this made me smile because it's so, so stupid. Oh, I hated this song. No, but like, so no, no, no. I, I hated it too, but it at no, least, I know it at did, least but... made me giggle because I was, it was like, it was past the point of the terrible into the like, ridic- yeah. the ridiculous. And this also has, I don't steal from the rich and give to the poor. I take from my bitches and give it to my whores. Which is <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a favorite. That's a real favorite. When Joanna arrived at my flat, that was like the line that she greeted me with. <laughs> I may seem a little underage, but at least I am not underpaid. I'm one of a kind, here to shock your mind. And I will serve no rhymes before their time. some reason every time i heard it i like pussy sucking on titties fucked a lot of different bitches from a bunch of different cities i think i think it's the way that he delivers that specifically as well just really cracked me up because like it's not believable (laughs) (laughs) like not to do up like you know well he managed to pull pamela anderson whoa wait 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 sorry he was married to pamela anderson yes oh we haven't spoken about this uh, yeah 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 this was for a couple years kind of after this maybe it is believable um also i've written that there's so so much going on because there's like two guest verses and and there's a beat switch yeah exactly there's just like a lot going on like it's overwhelming then there's the bit where he's like Boom, 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 It's like a break. It's like his voice. He starts like beatboxing. Also, is this the one where there's like um, the record crackle sound is over the boom, boom, mm. boom bit? I think yeah. it's like bingo for like NAF production choices. One of the arguments. Who's the producer? Him. No. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of, of unsure. Of course, that makes sense. He. So... But like, it makes sense. That's why it's a bingo of NAF production choices. Yeah, I guess so. I did read in the Wikipedia that like, yeah, it, it was so shady. It was like he claims he can play every instrument in his backing band, and that he's produced all but two of his albums. So he's credited as like the sole producer for a lot of this. And his coke dealer is not credited. <laughs> but. It, the way the Wikipedia article was written, I feel like the moderator was writing it was like incredulous. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. I'm sure maybe he's got some production chops. Some of it is just like literally sampling yeah. something and then just looping yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. We're into the home fucking stretch now. Yeah, because I got one for you is boring, but it's a bit less heavy. I think it's like a slightly less punishing aesthetic. Also, I think this has some of the most slapped lyrics. This has the buy you, buy you rhyme on it. <laughs> it also has the funniest like non-threatening threats. People always talking what they're gonna do. They must want their face to maybe taste my shoe. Oh yeah, that bit's so <laughs> weird, isn't it? The, the phrasing of it. It's they so... must want their face to maybe taste my shoe. He... And it's like taste my shoe doesn't feel threatening like, at all. Fist of Rage is so long. I remember on my run today, running past Pavilion and just being like, it's still Fist of Rage. Mm. You get the entire point of the song by the title. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, we already mentioned Only God Knows Why, didn't we? And I don't, I don't really have notes for it because it's kind of so nondescript, but it's so bad. It's specifically like a kind of the ballad of the album. And it's very like auto-tuned voice. It's a really different vocal choice and yeah. then anything that's on the rest of it really even the other even cowboy is like not like this really mm-hmm. what are the lyrics it's there's like a lyric about being like misunderstood i feel like it goes out to all of the like sad the sad dweeby boys who are listening to kid rock i took pills to ease the pain you know it's meant to be like be like having a hard time kind of vibes i think it sounds like you don't need much pain to be taking no. pills this was like one of the big 
successful songs from the album which is yeah and it it made me think like who is it who's listening to this and i guess it's like sad i just really do feel like it's like incel dweeby boys in middle america who like yeah i don't even know the really over the top like egregious auto tune as well is Mm. such a conscious decision yeah you know it's not like they walked so that sophie could run (laughs) uh is the like bizarre kind of what I think of as the coda to the album which is fuck off and then where you at oh so fuck off has a nice bit of definite homophobia yeah so the only note I wrote down for Fist of Rage is that he like takes aim at the fucking bigots yeah and then yeah two songs later he basically just says that in so many words he doesn't like gay people and that's something that he's also said at like public gigs and stuff like this is not Peter Pan fuck with fairies yeah, that's yeah. low-hanging fruit like come on Eminem also sounds like super goofy on this yeah. I think he's not really found his feet no 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 it's called fuck off I mean it's, it's got like nothing know, it's, it's really it's got nothing to redeem itself I don't think like it's orally punishing lyrically depressing it's just like oh another it's one it's just angry isn't it another one that's angry and then it's has the song that put Eminem off coke forever <laughs> that is funny the quote I was looking for earlier was it was overwhelming. I never touched that shit again. Yeah, good for M, you know. Yeah. So, where you're at, Rock... It's like an interlude of one presumes fake... Voicemails. Voicemails from various women who are like, well, you're an absentee and, father, and, like you're a bad boyfriend. And also shit like his manager being like, where the fuck are you? Also his manager gig? being like, I heard you're planning on going to Amsterdam. I don't think you should do that. <laughs> Was Amsterdam, had they legalised weed already in 1980? Yeah, I presume okay, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get this horrible like two minute collage of all these phone Longer, calls. longer. It was my whole run down the canal today. Yeah, it was so It was long. really punishing. It's kind of this like, soundscape with these like space ag sets behind it and yeah it's like one of them's like i we organized this party for you for father's day and i'm really disappointed i guess the idea is like it's painting him out as just this bad like off the rails bad boy who like is neglecting the women who actually care about him in his life which brings us to the final yeah the his magnum opus yeah it's a it's a epic of, of of the style of the Romans or the, <laughs> or, the or the Greeks. Yeah, it's a seven minute. Uh, I mean, I really, I really, I guess because on my run today it was like the fourth listen. I like really listened to the lyrics today. Um, <laughs> like severity with which you just said that. <laughs> I really listened to the lyrics. Yeah. What can we say? It's the uh, partly true story. It's a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of of Kid Rock and uh, his high school sweetheart who he does have a kid with she's called Kelly something can't remember um, uh, yeah the track is called Black Chick White Guy it's so offensive obviously <laughs> but like it's so it's just like every seven every, minutes like every racist trope you can really think of it's so it's so misogynistic he as came well. from a family of middle class she came from a place that was so alone, you know, the same old tale of a broken home. Like, are you kidding me? Mia's Her mama like, was an alky and more like a friend. Had three different kids from three different men. Oh yeah, after the bullshit and whatnot, the day came when the two started fucking. And like, he says that with such, like, aggression. I really wasn't expecting it because it's about children. That he's kids' habits every single day, fucking, like, rabbits. For me, you know... That bothered me so much. This gave me, like, Jay from In Between us vibes of, like, bragging about all the sex he yeah, was having. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he really just, like, emphasises it. He puts a fucking line underneath it. Also, like, fucking after lunch in the junior high bathrooms, drinking champagne and tripping on mushrooms. Like, why... Yeah, I know, I know, I'm getting to that. Like, why are they drinking champagne and tripping on mushrooms in the junior, yeah, in in the junior high bathrooms? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
The next line, which is what Sid was po- pointing at and like giggling, was which I obviously is what I've written down in my notes was his dick was metal, her pussy was a magnet. <laughs> this is one of the other lines, like you know, I feel like this is what I like reround and played to my flatmates yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about kind of so bad it's good on this podcast. I feel like there's a horseshoe theory for like <laughs> terrible lines, and sometimes there are moments of genius, like. <laughs> his dick was metal her pussy was a magnet <laughs> like that is just um, so bad it is maybe good. it's also feminist because people talk about pussy magnets <laughs> like men being pussy magnets yeah yeah but yeah this is, it's her pussy was a magnet yeah it's flipping the script if only like the rest of the lyrics weren't there ninth grade came cue this the sample that he got on the oh, girl saying yeah, hate that. i'm pregnant and then there's this whole bit about how they decided to have an abortion and the white guy's really cut up about it. Mm. Um, like, and how it's really an angst. Yeah, it's a... You, she moved to the city, you know what happened. Black chick with a real white accent. Pretty girl in the ghetto, go figure. Yeah, she got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so unnecessary. She got um, macked? What does that mean? I'm not sure, actually. But it's like she got got. Like, she got in, entrapped, you know? Uh, they had sex, I guess. Yeah buy some dope dealing n-word and then he just like like flagrantly like casually in in his flow like uses the n-word which is really he doesn't get the n-word pass no no way absolutely not no there's no no context in which he possibly could it's really gross and like also i guess in the whole context of the like very egregiously racist song which is about like broken black families and black girl with a real white accent it's grim as hell I guess it's like the kind of racist tropes that like yeah, pretty pre- girl in the ghetto still prevail like... in like narrative about like deprived black communities, but it's just it's like very very offensive. Well, yeah, all the like black men in this song are like evil Dope delinquents dealers. Um, who like be like, their partners. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because because like the story is that she keeps coming back to the nice white guy who she was with in the first place, yeah, and she's like coming back same. to him. She's coming back to him like with kids that she's had with like these dope dealing mm. guys and who's and like left all, who, like who's left her. her exactly and, and even though you know he calls her like every name on the sun the guy she'd hooked up with went to jail but she'd had his son she had no man no money no clue the other guy came that's that's kid rock came back from touring and her mind was blown as he began to raise her son as his own like her mind was blown because he was so kind that's why it made me laugh is because yeah, yeah. like that's such a strange way to describe like yeah, being yeah. a father figure her mind, like, her mind was blown you're parenting so hard you're blowing my mind but it's man. like it's but it's compared to like black men who are neglectful yeah. it's saying like wow like i could never have found a man like you in the ghetto balance i find really funny on this songs how he has to represent himself as like really cool and still a legend but ultimately this entire song is about him getting cocked repeatedly yeah because she has like, and it's so kids it, it's like guys. fundamentally embarrassing for him this there's a moment on this which is up there with i'm a pimp which is where so there's also i mean verse three starts now for the next year there was some good times a few bad times mostly good times yeah that's very that. very very bad bad rapping anyway and it's like okay neither of them were perfect like they were staying they were like kind of together she talked about having another baby we've got and then he's like oh lord we've got one now that we can't afford she said i want your child i'm leaving you and it's like she's trapped trapping him into the relationship blah 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 that girl met another guy and was fucking him too and then it's it's like i don't know i can't remember the rhythm of it the girl met another, met another guy and was fucking him too. And then, yeah, yeah, please let's get it up. But time kept slipping and made her crazy as she talked about having another baby. The guy was like, oh lord, we got one now that we can't afford. But she convinced she could handle even two. Said, I want your child or I'm leaving you. I can't figure out why then he didn't run. I guess he was attached to her and her son. All confused about what to do. That girl met another guy and was fucking him too. Slut. <laughs> That's, he gives so much time to met another Slut. guy and was fucking him too. Slut. Like, it's it's just crazy. Oh yeah, was born in the car, amazing, like a shooting star. He was happy, told his family and friends, only to realise later the girl wasn't his. That's another amazing simile. It was amazing. Kind of like a shooting star. Another amazing thing. (laughs) 
Three different kids from three different men. History repeats itself again because she it had said that that was what her mum did. That annoys me so much. It's like you don't need to say again. It's tautology. History yeah. repeats itself. Okay. That already. It's, no, it's, it's like a classic example yeah. of tautology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Oh, that He's so right. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Well, then it ends with "I am the bull god." Oh yeah, then, then yeah, like, has reprise. a remix version of "I am the bull god." Hmm. Devil without a cause. Thoughts. Closing statements. Um, Best yeah. track, worst track. I mean, I feel like worst track kind of maybe has to go to Black Chick, White Guy. That's a strong contender. Yeah. But then maybe it should go to, like, Fist, like Fist of Rage is, like, a punishing listen. It's just, it's, like, long and really, really boring. And, like, it's heavy in a way that you can't just, like, switch off from it. It's really, 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 like, musically boring. Nothing to say about any of the, like, it's not even got some funny lyrics. But, but also say, maybe only God knows why. That was terrible. Like but aesthetically I don't offensive. I hate it in the same way I hate Black Chick White Guy no. or Welcome to the Party. That really uh, like Fist Welcome of Rage, to the Party wouldn't be my wouldn't be my least favorite. Really, that was well because it makes me giggle. And then I think my favorite is Wasting Time. <laughs> Which I feel oh, like isn't, a sad isn't what you expected me to say. Maybe, but I just think it's because it's got it's it's really silly. It's like a little. Oh, we didn't bit talk about my offensive. favorite lyric from that. Which is could drink about fifteen Heinekens. <laughs> I don't know. Why it just made Product me placement, laugh. like I, it's, so it's so specific. Yeah. No, yeah, I think mine's wasting time. It's kind of a it's yeah, kind fair of, enough. Well, the beginning is kind of a bop because it's a song from Rumours. <laughs> oh, I hate the gospelly chorus. Yeah, me though, too. As well. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, people might be you know listening to this episode and thinking like, oh, this album's not so bad. But when you think about no, I think it really is. I mean, I think it's way worse than the Weezer. When when you think about I this, think. is in the top hundred best-selling albums of the US ever. I guess part of the reason why I wanted to cover this for the pod was because in terms of fan response, this is an album that has really nosedived. Oh, yeah? In latter years. Like, people have looked back at this. Because obviously it was super popular and successful at the time. Not to say that I don't think there was a healthy contingent of people that at the time were like, this is terrible. Right, I think let's let's close it there. Did you decide what your least favourite was? Uh, it's a toss-up between... Actually, I will just say Black Chick White Guy is my list. As much yeah. as I hated Welcome to the Party, Black Chick White Guy is really heinous. Yeah, I think it. it's the one where he uses the N-word, which maybe just makes... <laughs> yeah, you're maybe right. Maybe just, like, catapults it to, <laughs> to, to, like... Yeah, you're right. That is, like, an instant... An instant uh, 10-minus points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this has been another episode of Disaster Pieces. Yeah, um, it has. If you're curious, I guess, listen to this, but... <laughs> It's um, you probably you know, Kid Rock's doing fine. I would of like what we just, especially him. if you're a Fleetwood Mac fan, just like, play, <laughs> just like play the beginning of Wasting, Wasting Time because it is funny. But like, there's there's swathes of this that you don't need to bother with. Honestly, like, it feels wrong to recommend listening to Black Chick White Guy because it's offensive and obviously, like, I don't condone the dissemination of the M word used by white people. Uh, but and that is our official stance. That's our official stance. And yeah, another stinker. Hmm. All right, well, thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch you at the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.